warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... Hello, I'm Abby Marison. I am one of the education programme managers for Festival Bridge and I have 10 years under my belt as teaching uh, in a primary school. Hi, I'm Rob. I'm currently teaching Year 4 class in Milton Keynes but I've worked in every key stage and key stage 2 downwards. And today we are exploring design and technology learning outcomes with this week's Folktale from Taiwan. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for No Tigers on the Table. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the marvelous Mario Coelho, the full audiobook for you to download at any time, and even some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Abby and Rob here. And at the end of yesterday's discussion, Abby, you kind of took us right into Mr. Chen's workshop, um, which would be a fantastic place to do some design and technology, right? That's where we're going to start. We are going to start in Mr. Chen's workshop that we designed yesterday as our role play area. But we also had to talk health and safety because he's got a lot of sharp tools and it's not Mm. the safest place to be if you're going to be a carpenter. So what we're going to do is we're going to invite a real life carpenter into the school, COVID restrictions, hopefully uh, allowing, if not, they're going to zoom in and then talk to us about their tools. They're going to show us their tools. They're going to tell us the names of them and tell us what they use them for. They're going to point out the things in their classroom that a carpenter actually will have created and made so that they can see this is a real job. Mm. Um, This is a, a job that you have to have specific skills for so they can then talk about the importance of measuring and measuring again and measuring again. And I know from my husband doing DIY that that's the most important thing. His <laughs> granddad is a is a carpenter. And the thing that he will say time and time again, you measure and measure and measure before you make anything. It's the most important thing. So giving those young people the understanding of a creative career, but the importance of, of getting their skills right for yeah. careers that they may go into. So, yeah, having the carpenter and, and learning about that before they then go into doing something themselves. So once they've learned the real life, these are tools, these are real things, these are sharp, and you've set your boundaries and made that really clear, you're then going to do what one of my colleagues did when I was teaching in, in early years. And she was the nursery teacher and she got real sores out and did soaring with the young people. And I remember being horrified because, as you'll know <laughs> from my Chinese zodiac, I'm very cautious. I'm really <laughs> cautious and a very nervous teacher. And she did all the risk assessment and said, yeah, I'm going to teach young people how to saw wood with a real saw. Um, And it was fascinating to watch the fact they were given real tools, taught how to use them, just like you do with forest schools. You teach the the danger, you get them to notice the danger, and then you get them to really do it so that they feel like I'm trusted with this. But I've really learned that if I do put my hand or don't pay attention under that saw, I'm going to cut a finger off. Mm. So not creating... Uh, a red boat or a white chair or anything like that because actually that's just not where they are at in early Mm. years in key stage one but learning to use the tools just to test it just to use a tool to do a tiny bit of carving 
into a, a block of wood or to saw a little bit so that they can feel what it's like to use the real tools. It's very authentic. But, it's uh, so valuable as well because oh, I mean, you, I, I can remember getting to secondary school and never having really used a, a saw before. And until you it, get into the woodwork lesson, it's and then not all of a intuitive. You are. It's not yeah. intuitive at all, is it? Yeah. Because um, you you kind of think of it like a knife the first time you try to use it, and then it it literally doesn't work. It gets stuck. You have mm. to just move it forwards and backwards, and it and it cuts through wood like butter. So yeah, it's it's kind of making sure that your children are set up with skills for life yeah that's completely it and you know hopefully young boys and girls will encounter diy in their own households at some point they need to be taught Mm. how to use things safely and and that's all part of the dnt curriculum and making sure that they understand that these things can be dangerous and this is how to use them properly so a great place to start and a lovely way to enter into that by being in this workshop and thinking this is a real job this is a real Mm. I'm doing something not because it's part of uh, what I'm learning about. The, the story is, it, it just makes it all come alive, which is the best kind of teaching, I yeah. think. Well, so. as uh, um, Bex and Helen were saying on this very podcast um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, it's about making sure that things have purpose. That's mm. when um, things really not just come alive, but also become memorable. Um, that's why stories work so well. Yeah. And what I would, what I might do um, is following on from the visit from the carpenter, is if you can, particularly for your art, your D&T um, curriculum, if you can uh, follow that up with a visit from someone who is a sculptor as a profession, mm. that would be amazing because they can then see, okay, woodwork can be practical. It can be making banisters. It can be making bunk beds, but it can be, I'm just looking around what's around me. Yeah. But it also can be to make art and to make sculpture yeah. and to make something beautiful that can be sold and appreciated and enjoyed. And if you can have that on the back, that's mm. another creative career. And then the young people can see, well, I'm learning how to saw because I might need to cut something to make something, but I'm also doing it because I might want to create something beautiful. And it's giving them that that range of we learn these skills for a reason again. Yeah. And that can link back to the story quite nicely because, of course, um, as, as we find out at the end of the story, in Sinkang and, and all around Taiwan, you have these little tiger statues mm. on your table. And yeah. that is uh, a, that is sculpture right right there. Oh, um, well, so we, can you, if you get can't your get... stage two children to make some tiger sculptures? <laughs> <laughs> if you can't find a sculptor, then maybe you could uh, get online and, and order one of those tiger statues in mm. or, or, yeah, um, get, yeah, get one of the other classes or a willing teacher to do it. I was wondering, actually, thinking of that uh, point, you you mentioned uh, a carpenter uh, as a profession, but if it was a particular struggle or you're still in lockdown or something, is this something your school caretaker might be able to help with? Because wouldn't they have many of the same tools, be doing many of the same things that... Well, Mr Chen, at the end of this story, he ends up um, helping to fix people's houses. Oh, he does. It's kind of in the... The repertoire of your your caretaker to be able to do this sort of thing our current site manager probably wouldn't but the site manager at the last school that i worked at hmm. would definitely have had the tools and would have been fixing things and mending things and uh, yeah absolutely I've, I've, I've certainly had site managers who have the various and, and wonderful world of being able to turn their hands to almost anything, including helping me with a lot of role play areas and displays. So <laughs> <laughs> coming back to that, I think that <laughs> much more than carpentry skills, they were having to get the ladders up and help me with the different role play areas that I had to 
hang from various places. So yeah, worth an ask. You never know what mm. you've got in your in your parent community or staff community. Um, and also because we were talking about art and DNT, I've just um, done a simple internet search of different tiger sculptures, and my colleagues can see. A quite a scary wow. wooden tiger oh, wow. um, with just teeth, lots of teeth. And um, it's all made from wood, but it's been painted. And that was the first thing that came up. And it's, it's a sculpture gallery. And actually, he's charging £220 for that. So it's not a bad career to go into. Um, yeah, not at all. So, so actually just, you know, you could you could really simply talk to your young people about about the fact that you can make a career out of making yeah. wooden tigers. Because, uh, because there are people, people who do them. want them. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot out there I'm just seeing. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, as we get closer to the age you start thinking about careers and things, the seven to eleven age range, Rob, where would you go with the DT in this story? Uh DT in this story, I would stick to the story. I would immerse the children in the story and say, We've got a brief. Here the brief is we need to make a table that is tall enough. The, the grandchildren can't put their shoes on it and they can't, mm. the dog can't sit on the table. Mm-hmm. So go through the whole, the design and the technology. So you've got to create a design of this table. Mm. You've got to think about what materials you're going to use. You've got to think about how you're going to make it. You've got to think about how you're going to join the different materials together. Mm-hmm. The school that I work at currently has got um, like work, wood benches all the way from foundation up. So the children in in our school are quite happy using saws, hammers, nails, screwdrivers, the whole lot. So they would relish the opportunity to uh, (laughs) have a go at create. But rather, and again, it's developing from what Abby said, just having a go at using the skills, but applying them to the purpose as well. Mm. Whilst we were talking, I was thinking about making everyday things taller. And I was thinking of a story by uh, a well-known uh, British author, whether a walking stick of a lady gets taller by a, a small amount each day. And oh. she thinks, am I going mad or is my walking stick getting taller? I don't know this one. Oh, you definitely do. Do I? Yeah. The twits. Oh, oh. yes, of course. Oh. <laughs> so when you yeah. describe them as if they're ordinary Good people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that just came to me. Oh. But yeah. So again, part of the design technology, going back to creating a table that's tall enough, is you've got to evaluate it at the end as well. You've got to say, okay, well, this this bit worked well because, or I'm happy with this design, or this could have been worked differently, or I could have used... Oh, please tell me you're testing it by Mr. Small having to sit on it and, uh, and make sure it's strong enough to hold you. That would be a great science experiment. Or, or letting loads of water rush through your classroom and see yeah. if it gets knocked over. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what the site manager would say. But... Yes. <laughs> I was wondering, because you, you mentioned having a design brief to build a table, but in, in the story, it's actually adapting an existing table is exactly what he does. Mm. And that's that's actually even more of a challenge in a way, because um, he's not making the legs entirely from scratch. He he is literally doing what Mr. Twit was doing to extend the walking stick. Yeah, he's finding yeah. ways to um, add to the bottom yeah. of it. That could be quite a fun challenge as well. So co- combining everything that you just said there, getting to, to make one of the classroom tables taller yeah, or yeah yeah 
And when the carpenter's in visiting the, the younger children, they can then come and visit Key Stage 2 with a table that they've created and show them all of the tools that you use to make yeah. particular different designs on a table leg and, and all of those kind of things. Absolutely. Oh, you're going you're gonna to all be uh, doing lessons really close to the ceiling from now on. <laughs> <laughs> but surely we could take the ceiling off as well, couldn't we? And then we could just <laughs> to the tools for it, yeah. 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 <laughs> just make sure you also make that giant parasol as well yeah <laughs> i think there's a nice there's a nice outdoor learning thing that you could do there though that you i mean you could make it permanent you could you could say our design brief is to have something that's waterproof made of wood to live outside because i can think of a school that oh. that i worked in where they had a storytelling chair and it was yeah. a giant wooden chair yeah. but it's mm-hmm. for the young people that, that then they can sit on to read stories during different play times yes. but actually having a table that's safe enough and again going back to when we when we said about risk assessment but it's safe enough to climb on stand on Mm. play on but maybe you get someone that you uh you ask again going back to our um our visitor if you're asking them to come in to do some work with the children why not get them to really make something while they're there that the young people make something lasting yeah. yeah, fantastic. Just sent a tender out now for a uh, a sculptor to come and create a table for an outdoor area. <laughs> yeah, with with chairs that have ladders down the side. Yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How lovely. If we had infinite budgets, that's what we <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> That is sadly all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, please let us know on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, the village of Sinkang will help us teach geography. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! Cheerio. And we we hope hope to hear your story soon. soon.